bottom of the Smash Mountain, Season 2, Episode 43, Yingling for Summit. Welcome to the podcast. That's right. <laughs> this is now a podcast that is also gunning and supporting for Yingling to go to Summit. Woo! <laughs> and today we have on the cheat. That's right. The campaign manager for Yingling is here to talk about the campaign, getting Yingling into Summit, hopefully. And the big push that still needs to be made. And we also get to know Mikey a little bit. That's the person behind the cheat. That's right, a real human being that we'll get to talk a little bit here and there after we're done shelling for Yingling. But again, that's a big part of this. So look in the description of the podcast. You will see the links that you need to see in order to go vote for Yingling. Follow Yingling on Twitter, as well as the cheat also. Let's not delay anymore. Let's get to this interview. We'll talk afterwards. Why is it so quiet? Oh, right, transition. Here we are, bottom of the Smash Mountain, and today I'm so happy to be joined by the cheat who is on a mission, who is on a tear, who is doing everything in his daggum power to take a fellow Arizona friend and homie to summit 11 that's right that's summit 11 taking yangling all the way to the moon the cheat mikey thank you so much for joining me from from the bottom of the smash mountain to the summit so to speak i am i am amped <laughs> thank you for having me yes and thank you for coming on so I was asked recently, is this affiliated with Beyond the Summit? And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. If this was affiliated, <laughs> like, I would not be doing that. I would be, like, in the back <laughs> editing the audio or something. <laughs> but I really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, I'm gl I am glad that I get to be here uh, at bottom of the Smash Mountain because I really do feel like the message that I have been uh, trying to spread with the uh, – with the Yingling campaign is really one that you and your concept embody pretty, uh, pretty well is that, you know, you can get involved in the melee community and have an impact, uh, you know, even if you're not completely cracked at the game, even if there's, you know, even if you've got a long way to go before you reach the top level of competition, there are so many different ways to get involved. And uh, I really appreciate this podcast as a, uh, you know, a, a symbolic measure of that, so to speak. Yeah, you you got it already just off, just off of the name and well maybe you spoke to someone and they said oh yeah that Jesse's a, like you know the you can go on that podcast that's cool but like something that you said on your wannabes interview which happened before the official campaign started so you didn't get a chance to plug Yangling on the wannabes podcast but when you and JD were talking <laughs> one of the things that you said that stuck out to me and I listened to it again today just to make sure I got this right that you more or less said just be a part of the community just reach out establish relationships you know like it's everybody for the most part is pretty nice and especially when it's IRL and everybody's in the same room you just walk up and say hey you want to do friendlies and that creates the natural socializing aspect that melee has come to be so known for how when you're playing in person and especially before the pandemic, but hopefully a little bit as we start to get into summer and fall here, that that's the magic of the game. It brings the community together. Yeah. And I, I do think that that's kind of how things have to be uh, for us to be uh, successful as a community. Really? I think that, you know, it's, it's very important for us to be reaching out the hand to people when, when we have a game that is, you know, 20 years old, uh, to give them a reason to want to get involved. 
Uh, and I do, I really do think that it's true that if you, you know, if you do things the right way, if you go into it with the idea that being a part of this community is in and of itself going to be worth it, but there are also all of these avenues that you can explore, uh, to, to make a difference and, you know, to have a little bit of fun with your friends, like the England campaign, uh, then your, your outcomes are going to be much better. And, and I do obviously think that there are like things that get in the way of that, but I think those are the things that, uh, you know, it's our job as like existing members of the community to combat as much as possible. So I, I really do think that that's, that's how we have to look at things. You have definitely been across all fronts, been like carrying a, what in my mind, a significant part of that narrative, if you will, like sort of taking on the responsibility in your own way, not that you proclaim yourself to be the, the know-all and do-all for the community, but for your part, sort of contributing your voice and saying, we want to do better. We want to be better. This is how we can do that. Here are some sticky issues. I'll, I'll voice to that. I'll provide my commentary for that and try to help establish the idea that in order to be welcoming and safe, there has to be accountability, that sort of thing. I'm referencing the video that you made about certain band players trying to get back in. So from helping a homie into Summit 11 to talking on issues like that and participating a lot when the cease and desist happened this past November, October, November for the big house 10. Like you've just been, <laughs> it feels like you've been everywhere in terms of where you're needed most. That's just where you appear. Is that accurate or does it not feel that way to you? It's hard for me to not say something, <laughs> you know, that's, that's kind of just who I am. I think I, you know, I think it really comes out in summit season with Nick Yingling because it is, so close to my heart and I feel like, uh, you know, I can kind of just like let loose, <laughs> uh, you know, maybe in a way that's a little bit annoying or whatever, to, but you know, to me, it's, uh, it's part of the hype. So, uh, yeah, I think y you hit the nail on the head to me. All of those things are related, uh, and they all reach back to the same principle. And to me, I, I feel like I almost have an obligation to like, to do those things. Um, you know, I, I feel like it's, uh, it's kind of my moral duty within the community almost, which sounds extreme. <laughs> uh, but you know, I, man, man's got to have a code as they say. Yes. And there's some of it, some of it tends to be unspoken, but if nobody talks about it, then eventually the unspoken thing might get forgotten or something to that effect. I mean, I don't know how to conceptualize that cause it is kind of reaching without being specific, but I love the idea that you have where you say, this is definitely something worth talking about and I'm, I'm just going to do it. And I think you've done it the right way from my own perspective. I've, I've been so thankful to have a resource to link to someone who I see being like, I don't, without being too specific, just kind of like saying whatever, whatever. And I go, well, you should watch this video. Here you go. The cheat made yeah. it. It's a great video. You should watch it. Like instead of me trying to, wax poetic myself which i can't do at all times and certainly not without <laughs> I, I don't know how many takes it took you to do that but the, the whole thing is is that i really appreciate what you contribute to melee and especially now helping yangling hopefully get into summit 11 here in in terms of what has happened so far to fully get into this you have 
to my account, and this is this is the tip of the iceberg, I'm sure. You can help me fill in the blanks <laughs> here. But you were on a stream with Hugs talking about this. You were on a stream with Radio Melee when Yingling was on to talk about this. And then Jack Zilla was on Alston Melee the other night endorsing Yingling. You sold Pepe's eSports. And... <laughs> Apparently, the whole Arizona team just like name searches Yangling to introduce themselves, Yangling in particular, to be like, hey, what's it going to take to get your votes and do the air Yangling ratio? Like, it's, it's, I, I'm sure I'm missing a whole lot, but like, that's already seems to be just an insane amount of work on, on your guys' end. Yeah, we actually are building an AI that detects whether a Yangling tweet is in good faith or not and then uh, chooses to respond either with. Uh, information about Nick Yingling or the you just got ratioed by Air Yingling video based upon what it finds. Uh, no so way. Out here. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, uh, but, <laughs> but you are right. All of those things are true. Um, you know, I'm throwing everything in the kitchen sink at this. <laughs> uh, so, you know, it, I, I feel like if, you know, if your homie is in this position and you're not doing the same thing, can you really say you're alive? You know, <laughs> I think, I think that, uh, this is a, this is a really cool opportunity. I have had a lot of fun, uh, just, you know, being part of the experience of, you know, trying to scrounge as many votes for Nick Yingling as we can with, uh, with everyone that's involved in it. And I, I really do think we have a bit of a, <laughs> a bit of a super team. Uh, that we've formed here. We've got uh, Jackzilla and Chroma on the ones and twos, so we're kind of putting the Save Melee committee back together uh, to work on this endeavor. Uh, we've got Violence coming up with some incredible spreadsheets, the details of which I will not be sharing publicly. Um, and then we've got just a, a whole ton of our boys from Arizona just coming up with memes and like content that we can uh, that we can use and push out there. So, you know. Regardless of whether or not Nick happens to make it in, I feel like it's been a worthwhile endeavor. It's been very fun, uh, and I, I really appreciate it. It's a lot of, like, love going on on Twitter also. It's uh, it's it's weird how, like, everyone is just kind of coalescing around this thing and, you know, showing appreciation even in the midst of, you know, summit season, which can be pretty cutthroat. So I really appreciate all of that. Yes, to your point, especially since this is going to be the first major, super major, whatever you want to call it, that's in person since February of last year. I'm, I'm thinking, sorry, it was it was early 2020. <laughs> wow. So it's been a it's long enough time that everybody's just itching to get back into it. And all the people that are quote unquote top players for Melee are still in this voting process. So... The fact that we have someone like a Nick Yingling for this for this summit in particular for this vote in season, it's really cool because there does seem to be the quote unquote meme pick. But I, from my perspective, I don't try to look at that look at it that way so much as just like, hey, we're not a community that wants to always define itself by top player worship. Might be a strong word, but just like we don't want to define ourselves at all times by saying. We only care about the top five players of the world or the top 10 players of the world. The Melee community is so much more than that. And 
spiritually let's uplift one community member who yes is a good player <laughs> does do a lot of great things for their local scene like the the nick yingling <laughs> experience i heard about that a little bit i think on radio melee or maybe perhaps you were talking to hugs about it. i have lost track but yeah yangling <laughs> does, does seems to do quite a bit for arizona so if you want to talk about that a little bit to sort out the details in my brain and also just to talk about the person himself you know there is a little bit of intangibility there i have to say because there is something that we've uh we've always referred to as the nick yingling factor uh and uh you know initially it was something that activated when he was uh he was down three stocks to one in a game so we called three stocks to one comebacks the nick yingling factor uh but i actually think that the nick yingling factor is uh is rallying people around him now <laughs> really he's he kind of summons the energy of the of the community at large and of uh, of the friends uh to you know make some really cool stuff happen and uh yeah we run smash camp together um which uh you know is is growing to a point where you know we never really expected it to we've capped the last two years so that's uh that's absolutely insane uh, and Nick has been, you know, has been the boots on the ground for that, uh, running all the brackets, doing all of the seating, coming up with schemes with me. Uh, you know, like like I mentioned, uh, you know, in the couple appearances, I guess you could call them that we've had so far. Uh, that's kind of like me and Nick's MO is like every day we're pretty much talking about ideas that we have that could be good for the melee community and. Uh, so that's that's the angle with which Nick views everything. And then uh, the Nick Yingling experience is pretty funny because it's uh, it came at a time when we were struggling to get like good attendance at mo monthly tournaments uh, and stuff. And so he just decides, all right, I'm going to take a crack at this. I'm going to rent a room at Dave and Buster's and uh, just post on Facebook over and over and over again. Um about the tournament just <laughs> just basically make personal appeals to people to come kind of like how he's doing now uh, and so he really is like he's reaching out the hand everywhere he goes to try to bring people along with him so that's that's kind of the spirit of nick yingling and you know I, obviously i don't want to i don't want to downplay nick as a player too because he's been power ranked in arizona for a little bit now pretty consistently um, you know, he doesn't have a whole lot of wins that are going to pop off the page at you. He's got a, a Bobby Big Balls win here, a TOEF win there. Uh, but he is uh, he's very dedicated to the grind. He entered a lot of tournaments over the pandemic. And, uh, you know, since locals have come back, he's been um, he's been going to two a week pretty much. So uh, he's he's trying out here for sure. And th the improvement is is happening. Uh you know, the, the results keep getting better. So hopefully that upward uh, trajectory continues uh, through Summit. It would be amazing to see that work out. But the latest update, we are talking on July 1st. So the first two players have already been invited to Summit, and now four spots remain. Those two going to LSD and Hungrybox. So congratulations to those two players, especially LSD, who definitely also a great person to see going to summit 11 I'm, I'm really excited to see how that goes but there are four spots left and of course yangling as of now leads the votes but 
there was that feeling I'm sure that you all had today earlier today where it was like, okay, if we can just get past the spirit bombs that are no doubt going to happen right at the cutoff time, we might have a chance. This is looking really good, but can you just take me through the emotions of today and how that, how you feel now about Yangling's chances more or less? Uh, it was very close. It's, <laughs> it was a bit of a heartbreaker. Um, even in the last moments that I saw votes, uh, on the smash GG page, at least for me, uh, Yangling was ahead. Uh, I do not think that I saw the LSD bomb drop. Uh, so, um, it was a surprise, uh, but you know, I'm, I'm happy for LSD. I think that, uh, they're going to be a hype pick for summit. Um, you know, doing big things as far as results go. Uh, and it's exciting to see net play people sort of get their, get their due. I think that's going to be a huge storyline going forward is the way in which net play people are uh, going to be giving more opportunities now that the world has seen them play sort of, um, but it's back to work. You know, we, uh, we still want to try to get as many votes as possible. I know the lead looks good, but we are, uh, not resting on the laurels at all as far as that goes. So, uh, we've got more giveaways, more memes, more gimmicks, uh, all of that good stuff in the tank here. So, uh, hopefully, you know, uh, what is it? Is it going to be Saturday? Yeah, Saturday. Right. Uh, hopefully Saturday is a different story than today. And it would be really cool to see just because it feels like a lot of things for Arizona are going well, really well in particular. One of the things that I was, okay, not, not proud of per se, just like, I, I, I patted myself on the back. How about that? When I saw that you had tweeted, yeah, I'll go on anyone's podcast. And I was like, well, I got to use a GIF that's related to the Suns. Oh, there's a good Devin Booker GIF. Okay, let's shoot it off and see how that goes. <laughs> so the, the, Suns are, the Suns are going to the NBA Finals, if I saw correctly. Not a big basketball person, but I think I did see that. So it would be, it just, it seems like it's meant to be. So with all the things that y'all have planned, hopefully that'll result in great things either on Saturday or for the final cutoff. It's just, yeah, it, it, the further it goes, the more the stakes seem to go up because now it's just like, Oh, we only get four more spots and one of them has to be yangling. So let's do whatever we got to do and including coming on the, my podcast, which I do appreciate. So the way that I think about Vodins in general with, with, with summit, I, I, I just think about how, there have been like some really crazy things. Everybody always talks about like the onion thing and whatever <laughs> penises yeah, on foreheads. <laughs> but, but <laughs> you had said um, like those kind of things aren't off the drawing board, but do you, do you try to say to yourself, I want to, I want to do something as sort of the unofficial campaign manager for Yingling. I want to do something that's like never been seen before or what excites you about coming up with ideas for, the next thing to push for Yangling? That is a good question. You know, I, to be clear, that was a joke and I do not want to do anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, one thing that has kind of set us apart for, from, uh, previous summit campaigns is that since we are TOs, we can kind of hold our own tournament hostage. So our current vote goal is one for us to, uh, add crew battles because uh, I, I'm not sure if you're familiar, but at Smash Camp, people stay in cabins of like eight to ten people. Uh, and people have been asking us for years to run cabin crews. 
uh, and we just <sighs> haven't really uh, we just haven't really thought it was like feasible to fit into the schedule. But you know, if they're gonna put Nick into Summit, we will give the people what they want, and so we are uh, leveraging our tournament uh, for, uh, for yingling votes. And we've also done some, uh, some spot giveaways. You could either enter a raffle to win a spot at smash camp or, um, just straight up, you know, show us proof that you put a thousand votes in and you get, you get your spot at smash camp secured. So, uh, you know, I, I like connecting the dots on those things. I think, I think that's fun. I think, uh, you know, all the content that we've been putting together, I'm, I'm pretty proud of. Uh, despite our, you know, amateur expertise at stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's the stuff that's really fun to me. That's the stuff that really gets me, uh, gets me revved up, I guess. Yeah. You're using some of your TO experience and literally your tournament and saying, everybody knows how sick this tournament is. And I can't believe that you haven't done cabin cruise until potentially now that's insane to me but i also don't i've never been and i haven't heard a whole lot so i'm sure because when you say the schedule's full i'm sure it's full of so many other fun things that happen during smash camp but anybody who has ever talked about smash camp when it whether it's mentioned in a youtube video by a content creator or if it's tweeted about everybody always goes love that tournament love it so much what do you think helps to set it apart aside from the obvious, like how you stay in cabins and there's like homemade meals, that kind of thing. Yeah. I do always say that the venue carries me. I think it's the best place to have a smash tournament in the world. Um, I wish it was the only thing is I wish it was bigger so we could have more people, uh, come and experience it, but we could really only fit like 300 people at a time. And when we do that, it's bursting at the seams. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like uh, I'm very focused on creating like a good experience for people at Smash Camp. Um, I, you know, I think the environment is conducive to people, you know, people vibing, having a good time. We eat meals together there. Uh, you know, we, we stay in, a, in communal cabins uh, and we also have our... Uh, our big cabin that I lump all of the homies in. There's a bit of nepotism involved in there. Not gonna lie, but um, <laughs> you know, it's it's a great place that we just cram 35 people into and just kind of you know have a good time the whole weekend. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's you know, and the people, of course, who come to Smash Camp. I I uh, you know I can't say enough about the uh, the gratitude I have for people coming and being appreciative and uh keeping the vibes good because you know one of the one of the things that i have thought about smash camp is that you know we're a very small team uh and it's a it's a situation where people they get a little bit uh they 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 party a little bit at smash camp uh, not gonna lie uh so i'm really grateful that people you know by and large have been very uh you know very appreciative very good to each other and to our uh our tos and everyone who runs the tournament so um yeah I, it's it's fun i love it <laughs> i think that having the entrance themselves sort of be like a little bit giving back when they when they come in not that they have to be on perfect behavior and like, shoelaces tied at all times that kind of thing <laughs> but just like 
a little bit of giving back something that just I'm sure helps to really sweeten the experience for everybody instead of just there being like 10 really angry people that kind of make everybody else the other 290 people go <sighs> like right, I'm sure yeah. it's great to just somehow always end up with having a great like everybody being there who are just you know more or less an extension of the of the homie base that you normally have so I heard a little bit about that experience and, and running Smash Camp with your interview on the Wannabes podcast, which, of course, I always love endorsing and pushing because they're very inspirational for me. So shout for anybody out, who's interested out. in hearing more about that, you should go check out that interview. Wanted to do a vibe check, though. I don't want to take up too much of your time. If you wanted to talk a little bit more, I'm down. Or what are you? What are your thoughts right now? Uh, yeah, let's, you know, let's... Uh Let's see where the conversation takes us. Yeah, I forgot to ask you that before. I always forget to ask something, but I forgot to ask you what kind of time commitment you were willing to do because, you know, you're willing to come on. That's awesome. Didn't want to assume an hour or anything. But yes, I'm I'm excited to ask you an, one more question about the, about the campaign. I, I sort of alluded to it, but I'll just try to say flat out, what has been your favorite campaign piece so far has it been the <laughs> peppy's esports giveaway what 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 has it been yeah i'm pretty proud of the uh the theater that i was able to execute uh with selling the peppy's esports twitter and then pretending to cry for a little bit and uh then announcing smash camp immediately afterwards um that was i think that was pretty cool except that i was trying to play uh there's that animal crossing theme song that's from brawl uh, that I think really slaps and we used it in the first smash camp trailer and my dumbass when I, uh, when I clicked on the YouTube video to play the song for the bit, it was like in the middle of the song. So I had to get up and like rewind it and start the bit over again. I don't know. Maybe in retrospect it adds, uh, but I think, I think that was pretty funny. <laughs> so, it's great to hear again, just like all the things that you and the rest of the Arizona homies have been doing to try to get Yangling to summit. So I really do hope that it works out, but to yes, steer the conversation a little bit more towards you. And we have been talking about you after all, but sort of what I am interested in knowing is, will you ever get at the cheat on Twitter? That guy, I don't know what his deal is. Uh, he tweeted a couple times, complained to Sears about some sort of refrigerator problem that he was having, uh, and ducked off of the map. I thought there was a glimmer of hope about a year ago when Twitter was like, okay, we're going to make these accounts inactive that have been, uh, you know, that have been not doing anything for the past, like, three years or something like that. And I was like, perfect. The time will run out on him eventually. Uh, but they decided that they're not going to do that because of the dead people who are on Twitter with their shell accounts. Uh, they, did, they did not want to delete the Twitter accounts of dead people. And so uh, I'm probably uh, never going to get it. I have offered him money if he would like to look at his Twitter account, but I just don't know if that's going to happen. It's been three years. <laughs> That's like the coldest thing ever. Like you literally DM and go, okay, fine. It's come to this. I will actually pay you real American dollars. Please, just for the love of 
everything bright and beautiful in this world. Yeah. Give me the at and for, no response for this thing that you are not using. And I covet. I care so much about Twitter. I need this. <laughs> and I'm curious, where does the cheat come from? Because I think of Homestar Runner. Is that the mm-hmm. reference or what are you referencing? Exactly. It is from Homestar Runner. Uh, my tag was actually initially $2 slices, uh, which is a pretty unfunny joke from a very old Smash tournament. Uh, but I uh, I decided I didn't want to have that tag anymore. And my brother's tag is Homsar. And so I uh, I changed it kind of to match the motif there. That's perfect. I mean, I grew up not entirely on Homestar Runner, but that was certainly part of the picture. I memorized at least a few of those a few of those videos. So if anyone out Homestar there Runner. if anyone out there is interested in the Cheats comedy blueprint or anything like that, Homestar Runner huge influence. <laughs> I, wait, hold on. But Adobe, oh no, I didn't think about this. Adobe did the whole shutdown of their Flash or Adobe Flash or whatever. Yeah. I know that the s- videos are up on mm-hmm. YouTube, but is it still there? Let's check. That Yeah, now I need, yeah, I'm going to need to know. So if you can do that. And what I'll say is my favorite piece of like content from that from that homestarrunner.com website was actually probably the, the mini games that they had, the one I'm thinking of in particular, I'm struggling to remember, uh, 20XD6, something like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, like, well, that's like a legitimate, that's like a legitimate, like, Mega Man-style, like, 2D platform gaming kind yeah. of thing. Like, I, it's a fantastic game. <laughs> yeah, I remember Kick the Cheat also, where they uh, drop the, the cheat doll, and then there's a giant Homestar leg that you kick it with. <laughs> uh, the website does still exist, but it only links to the YouTube videos, which I don't know. To me, one of the best parts about Homestar was clicking around on the screen after the after the tune was done and finding the Easter eggs there. So I'm not sure how well preserved those things are. I think they just kind of play them all after after the main part of it. Which I yeah, guess it's cool. sort of like a VHS tape where you can't interact with it, obviously, as compared to a DVD. So for a while, VHS tapes yeah. was sort of like during the credits, like play stuff, especially after the credits were done rolling. That was a small timeline in, in human history. But <laughs> but yeah, the, I was worried that that would be the case. So now the website more or less is just uh, one big fat link tree to the YouTube, which is, ah, uh, that is unfortunate. That's just something there, that our... Mm our children will not be able to grow up with literally there has to be some things that are lost in the relationship between the the gag of what the easter egg is and the thing that you are clicking on that is just gone to history now which is really unfortunate but as long as (laughs) i'll just have to pass on the story too so i have a daughter and a son they're one they're one and three so the not grown up or old enough to watch Homestar Runner yet but when they do when I show them that I'll be like fun fact <laughs> you used to be able to click on different little things that are in the video and then they their eyes would just start to glaze over and <laughs> they probably won't even like it which is really unfortunate to consider like that's something I think about a lot like I love like things like Avatar the Last Airbender or The Office the basic stuff they'll probably like those sort of things but then i think yeah. about more specific stuff like Bob's Burgers or Homestar Runner and i go will they like this oh i hope they do cuz this is really cool 
listen, if my kids aren't cracked at Melee by the time they hit 13, it's time to start looking for apartments. That's the other thing. I want them to like Melee so much. And thankfully, <laughs> my daughter Ellie, she loves Peach, Princess Peach. So she's in Melee. So Melee is cool for now. So hopefully that'll continue to be the case. And then Ezra's one, so he barely understands <laughs> anything. But gotcha. he knows what a controller is. He'll point to it. And he'll be like, game? Because he wants to put <laughs> it on. That's adorable. They're off to a great start, I can tell. You've done good work. <laughs> <laughs> I think that a legitimate part about Melee, and this is something I've thought about, so I don't know how much you've considered this, but a legitimate part about keeping Melee going is literally all of the adults in the room that love Melee, you know, having children and just raising them to love Melee as well. <laughs> I, I think that might actually be a, a, a decent part of this puzzle of how do you keep a 20 year old game going is that something you thought about it <laughs> well maybe not with kids uh, but like what do you think about when it when it comes to keeping the game going i definitely have thought about how to reach the kids i haven't thought about the possibility of there being a gap maybe between people born between the years of like 2006 to 2000 like 14 or whatever but now that we're having kids you're right Maybe there is a second resurgence that happens be because of the kids that Melee people are. It's like an inherited thing rather than something that we're spreading through like TikTok or whatever. So maybe we're maybe Zets is banking on the wrong thing. <laughs> uh, not at yeah. all. It's been great to see Zets succeeding on TikTok <laughs> because like, you know, Zets is like a like, like a. a a full on legitimate community member. So I, I think it's always great when those kind of people pop off as compared right. to a variety content creator popping off. I, I, I think I just take those and say, all right, cool. But does the person actually really care about melee or the goings on of the everyday kind of stuff? Not that we enjoy the drama at all times, just more of like, just someone who cares who will show up to locals and, and that kind of thing or yeah. participate in, in, in a small way for myself. I, I mean, I've only just started participating to a larger degree in the past few years for a long time. I was a, you know, just a filthy casual, but <laughs> I'm happy to be here now. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. You'd, you'd rather have an LACS than ninja rating smash and splash, right? You'd, <laughs> you'd rather have someone who is from the cut from the same cloth than uh, an outside observer. But Dylan Sprouse commentating that PM tournament was hype. That has yeah, said. and I was also not thankful for Ninja tweeting to the Smash community and doing nothing. But then, after all of the stuff came out for the cease and desist, and like all like the all the twitlongers from anonymous smasher or whatever else and people started connecting the dots and i think even ninja said yeah so i tried but nintendo more or less suffocated that and i was like oh and then also melee made a video a top 10 and that's where i learned about the dylan sprouse thing as well i did not know mm -hmm. that was a thing but i think yeah. ninja did something small like restreamed a tournament or something he definitely did do that. Yeah. I remember there was some controversy over it because people were like, you know, it's the classic restreaming thing of like, is restreaming taking viewers away from the tournament itself or, or whatever. But it, it, when Ninja does it, you know, the, the rising tide raises all ships in that case, I think. Uh, yeah. Wait, hold on. 
<laughs> somebody would be ninjas like more or less was like a really big streamer at the time that that happened as i recall or at the very least extremely well-known ninja been on jimmy fallon tonight show ninja having blue hair ninja and you're gonna say no we can't have ninja and all of his viewers watching melee and exposing who most likely people have never even heard of melee in their life exposing them to the game for the first time we can't have that i am i can't remember any specific people but i am almost certain that somebody had that take (laughs) (laughs) that's incredible i mean like uh, there's a difference between somebody like ninja and ludwig who was a smasher first a melee community member first and now of course kudos to him and the whole team ludwig seven definitely definitely showing a little bit of love back to melee even even in days like today so i definitely appreciate that i just i am interested and intrigued by someone who would say yeah no i i don't think that a popular streamer should be restreaming a tournament i'm pretty sure ninja like offered commentary or whatever else i mean what else would he have done besides just sit there and like what drink a monster and go all right well i'm just gonna (laughs) let this play and uh i'll be back in two hours no, he was deaf doing ninja things. There were, there were definitely sandwiches being delivered and whatnot. You, you know the whole, sh- whole spiel, so, yeah. <laughs> so from from my – something that I'm curious about with, with you, so I don't want to cover too much of your origin story because I heard a, a little bit of that with JD, so I'm not trying to follow the pr- blueprint exactly. But in terms of wanting to do content creation, because I think you did that second as compared to – immediately hopping into melee and saying i want to do something like what samox did or i want to do something like what gr smash does or awesome sauce like you wanted to be a player first right right yeah absolutely so what kind of content made you think i want to do something like this or was it just because you played the game so much you started to come up with ideas of your own and you said to yourself nobody's doing this i can do this this is kind of a weird answer but like are you familiar with who Adam Ragusia is? No, I am not. He makes really good, really explanatory uh, cooking videos in a way that um, is really approachable, I think. I think a lot of cooking content tends to be a little bit like high-minded, a little bit like esoteric. You know, you're working in a professional kitchen, but he's very like home cook focused. He was a journalist, and so he's very good at writing his videos in a way. He 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 makes it a point to not say you should do this uh, in a lot of his videos. He's very much like, well, I I do this when this happens, you know, stuff like that. And he and some other like video essayists, like honestly, contrapoints. Lindsay Ellis, those kinds of videos, I think, are uh, are big influences. Um, man, I don't want to sound like my head is up my own ass too much, but like the the melee content that really like inspires me the most is is honestly the stuff that like my friends make, uh, like Slime and and Ludwig and the stuff that they do with melee. Um, you know, I I think those boys are very funny. And I really appreciate their, uh, you know, their perspective on the scene and what they bring and everything. Bad Melee podcast obviously was great off the sticks, uh, that sort of stuff. But as far as like the type of videos that I make, um, you know, I, I really like sort of video essay content. That's kind of what I'm what I'm shooting for. 
Uh, I'd be remiss also if I didn't mention uh, Turn Down for Walt, who I think is absolutely cracked at this. Uh, you know, Melee Stats does a lot of really good storytelling content also. Their their video in particular about, like, PPMD and... Uh, why am I blanking on his name right now? Lazer, I think? Lazer, yeah. Video about PPMD and Lazer in that double set. Uh, video about Michael 41 Billion and Bananas. The, those are really good stuff. John Boyce also. Shout out John Boyce, who is a legend. And I think the Melee Stats stuff draws heavily from that sort of uh, that sort of vein as well. I love all the content that Melee is trying to produce at the moment. And turned down for Walt on the power-up, like getting... What appeared oh to be God. a very cool in-person interview with Zane, I just, I just think to myself, there's, there's like at least ten videos that could possibly come out of something like that, and I'm just like, I am all the way on top of that. If, <laughs> when as soon as that comes out, I'm gonna watch the crap out of that. So always excited to see what, what Walt's doing. I wanted to also say that yes, you mentioned the 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 cooking journalist guy, the Adam guy, on the one of yeah. these podcast interviews. So that's really cool that like. When it comes to Melee, it seems like if you would try to one-to-one convert that, it would be sort of like what the SSBM Tutorials YouTube channel does. Although, the, I, without watching the, the cooking content, I wouldn't be able to say for sure. But like, what do you think of when you try to, you know what I mean by one-to-one convert? Um, yeah, I think so. I, I guess um, ultimately a lot of my content is... It doesn't reach this audience at the moment, but it is like meant for people who are new to the community or who are uh, not part of the community at all. I think specifically my videos about like why why melee is the greatest esport of all time, why everyone should play competitive Smash, uh, that sort of stuff. Um, I think those are specifically when I write them, I'm writing them in terms of like me writing to people who aren't part of the community, even though they don't, you know, they, they don't really reach that audience. Uh, you know, it was kind of a, kind of a thought that I felt was important to put out, even though, you know, my audience is a melee audience functionally. So I'm kind of preaching to the choir, uh, in that regard. Um, and also I think because of that, I, I honestly don't know how much more of that I have in me. Uh, I would, I would not expect me to be putting out YouTube videos with any regularity at all, <laughs> to be honest. I'm sorry if you like it, but, uh, I think the, the well is only so deep as far as that goes for me. Um, so I hope that answers your question. I'm not sure if it does. <laughs> no, that's a great answer. You don't always have to like... Cause I'm trying to like throw out a complicated question. I feel sometimes. So you, you took it in a great direction. And to your point about having what you feel to be a shallow well for making content yourself. Do you feel that way? Because you just have so many other interests that you have going on in your life. After all, we, we haven't even talked about what your favorite color is or something like that kind of deal where <laughs> you're not, a slave to the content machine if you want to put it that way but like what do you think about when you think about when your last video is going to happen like do you think that's not too far away or do you feel like I can only really do maybe like three to three to ten videos a year and that's it like barely one more no more than one a month yeah that's kind of the camp I'm in at the moment if I really wanted to and if I was in a position to 
I could, you know, like stream and like talk about Smash stuff that is happening regularly. Um, I don't really have too much interest in doing that. I did kind of do one video like that where I was talking about uh, Play VS um, and how they had their college competition canceled. Uh, which is funny now because they are doing high school competition with Nintendo. Uh, so I, I don't know what happened there. But uh, yeah, I, uh, you know, I feel like that's a pretty low priority for me, to be honest, at the moment. Um, you know, if I feel like there's a big concept that comes up that will uh, compel me to make content, then that's what will happen. That's kind of what happened with the trolley problem video. Um, you know, there were just takes that I was seeing that I thought were pretty disturbing on the internet. And I wanted to uh, kind of combat that wave because I thought it was going to be dangerous to the community, basically. Um, so, you know, I am not going to be out here commenting on every situation that happens in the Smash community. I'm more of a big picture kind of guy as far as that goes. Uh, you know, I'll tweet about stuff, but, um, you know, unfortunately, I wish, you know, I wish... I could uh, just talk on camera for hours and hours and that could be my life. And uh, I could put that all up on YouTube and, and whatnot. But, uh, you know, I, I just don't think I'm I, I don't think I'm there at the moment, you know. Sure. I mean, if you say that you that you wish you could be there, there's like a small part of you where you say, if I could just be placed into that scenario as compared to having to work up to that spot, I'd probably do it. Like, do you feel that way? Yeah, because, you know, my job now is already to, like, run esports events and stuff, and I, you know, I I definitely think of myself as, like, a community organizer more than a content creator in that regard, but I do think that it's important to, um, I do think that it's important to make content about that sort of stuff, and if there was content being made about it that I felt was adequately good, I probably wouldn't make it, but... Uh, it's just not being made, I don't think, uh, especially with regard to community conduct. Um, I just I just think that there's a hole there that I uh, honestly got really anxious about. And so that's what compelled me to make that video. Didn't feel super good, but, uh, you know, I felt like it was it was necessary for that reason. I mean, it's never going to be like super amazing to make a video about something that is it's a sensitive topic and you're going to have to speak to one side or the other and whatever side you're saying, let's drop that. It will come after you. I'm sure you got plenty of feedback in that regard as a result of the trolley video in particular, but I really appreciate, like I was saying earlier, like I think that what you're saying by having someone who is more in the actual running of a tournament who has experience with situations and knows that, it takes more than just uh, happy accidents to create a safe, wel welcoming environment for you to actually speak to that in a practical way, in a video that is something that can be seen as well as heard. Like for me, I podcast. So like I'll talk to people like Johnny Gamble, who I had on the other day, who who feels very passionately about this as well, but we're talking yeah. about it on a podcast. So right, <laughs> it's yeah, not yeah. going to be highly, highly viewed and critically acclaimed at all. But what you did was you saw that space and say, I feel compelled to do it. So I'm just going to do it. And I think 
doing it for that reason is is better than saying i see a space and i want to selfishly boost my name so i'll pick of one side and go crazy hard in that direction and just stir up controversy like i i think you did it the right way and, and that is such a hard line to toe so like it's 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 a kudos to you just because you're it's not like this is awesome and great and this is so cool but it's just i it's almost like a necessity and you did that so i i think that was that was really good that you did yeah i appreciate it uh yeah, definitely a, definitely a weird thing to talk about. Definitely, you know, wanted to make – I, I want to make sure whenever I do something that I'm not like – I'm not being like opportunistic about it. I am not trying to capitalize off of the, you know, the negative experiences of other people or anything like that. Uh, you know, so my answer, I guess, to when I will make videos is when I feel compelled to <laughs> at this point. <laughs> You just have a few in you sparingly occasionally every now and again. And I think that's a great way to put it because that just means that you don't feel like you have to constantly put out stuff. I know that is just part of that burnout that people experience where it's it becomes much more of an obligation and like not wanting to disappoint an audience or anything like that. It seems like you've kind of found that, that balance. So having that is great. And, and I hope that it continues to to be that way for you as compared to leaning hard into like the, ah, I got to make a video just because whatever, like you've ad revenue or this, that, and the third, like building an audience. Like if that's none of that is really a priority to you, then no, you'll just make one whenever you think you actually want to do that. So that's cool. Yeah. And what is something that you get really excited about when you think about big picture stuff as a big picture guy, when you think about the rest of the year going to the official 20th anniversary of Melee on December wow. 21st of this year. Yeah. Uh, I am excited to get the gang back together again. Uh, you know, Melee is obviously best when it's in person. Slippy is amazing. It's incredible. Uh, and I'm really excited also to see where that can take us with Ranked coming out. Uh, and all of that stuff. Uh, yes, right. Yes. Uh, so I am excited about, you know, the prospect of having cool events again, of having riptides and low tides and smash camps and genesises and smash summits and, you know, all of that good stuff and many more tournaments that I could, uh, that I could name uh, but I'm, I'm excited to just see everyone again and to be in that environment and, uh, to, uh, get going on smash camp again. Of course, it's not going to be till 2022, but, uh, you know, the planning is obviously going to begin long before that. Uh, and, uh, you know, as far as competition goes, I, uh, you know, I'm an, I'm campaigning for Yingling, but I'm an Axe fan. So excited to see Axe back in his element, uh, on the sticks on LAN. Uh, what else? Jeez, there is so much stuff. The content that is being made, I think, is amazing. Uh, I think one thing that was really exemplary of how good that is in particular is Five Days of Melee. That production really got me amped. There were just like 200 people working on that, uh, you know, as the, uh, as the name implies, all around the clock. And so, uh, 
Oh, my cat's here. Hello. Aww. <laughs> uh, and so to meet kind of all of those people, to work with them to some extent and to, uh, you know, see the product that they created really got me amped for how things are going to be going forward. And, uh, you know, I, uh, I look forward to seeing what we can, what we can accomplish together as a community. So that's, uh, that's all really exciting stuff to me. Like I would, for me myself, like when I think about celebrating the 20th anniversary of Melee, I just think to myself, can we, can we do five days of Melee again? Like I wasn't involved at all, (laughs) but like this time around, I would love to make something for it or, or whatever. If it happens to happen again, <laughs> and I feel bad because I heard enough about like turned out for Walt, for instance, being like, yeah, I might've like slept mm, 10 hours that whole week or <laughs> something Co- stupid like that. <laughs> Comes with the territory. Yes. <laughs> I've, I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> trying to make, trying to make it as awesome as possible. And so you, I guess I just won't sleep now for a long time yep i won't sleep either yeah that's how it goes <laughs> and yes absolutely return to irl like i was excited so just a something for me i went to my first ever tournament because i wasn't able to do slippy because no internet but i was able to go to my first irl tournament ever this past saturday yes. everybody's vaxxed up and, and doing all that kind of stuff so like i got to experience the 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 glory of going oh and two like most other <laughs> people of course have had their story in that regard as well but i just like get excited about the fact that I've, I've i've got that behind me now like i was really nervous about it because i thought while driving there i should have done this a long time ago and man i'm behind but i'm not really behind because this, this is happening on my timing and that's fine like trying to like <laughs> talk myself into continuing <laughs> the drive there but i'm just really excited for myself about i can go to some tournaments this summer and fall hopefully and maybe at some point this year i'll happen to get lucky and run into somebody in bracket who's having their first tournament and then eking out a win and saying, Oh, I did better than Owen two in my first year of quote unquote competing, but we'll see. And then the content side of things as well, looking forward to seeing all the stuff that comes out around melee, because I feel like the further away we get removed from something like a cease and desist from the evil empire that we get the, <laughs> it just feels like, it feels like that we start to build momentum in some ways, but yeah, it, there's a lot of things that you could say would hold us back from that. But I, I just hope that we can continue to push the, not only the, the awesomeness of melee, but also the welcoming and safe stuff as well for, for melee. If we can push that all in this one direction, I think that would be really, really cool to see. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know, can't can't wait to see what happens uh, uh yeah you know it's, it's 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 exciting we're we're coming back to get the gangs getting back together again hey let's Amazing. go let's go <laughs> so the other the only other thing i wanted to ask you is i don't know if i know your main like when you play melee who, who oh, yeah. are you selecting on the character select screen i uh i play luigi i uh <laughs> not go. proud of it <laughs> <laughs> I've been playing a lot, almost exclusively Spacey's on Slippy. Uh, but you know, Luigi's been my uh, my main for the whole time I've been playing Melee, uh, even back to tw- like 2001. <laughs> to be honest, uh, 
but uh, yeah, he's 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 my slippery boy, and deep down I love him. But uh, I don't know these uh, these metal legged animals are also kind of kind of looking nice. They do do that movement thing almost just as well, just not quite as they they don't slide as far out on a wave dash, but they move quick in other ways. You're absolutely right. Yeah, and it's like terrible air speed for the spaces as well, but they just they just fall so much faster. It feels so much quick. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Almost like a cheat code. Yeah. So that's all I pretty much have. I want to make sure that one more time we shill for Yingling. And also you can tell the people where to find you, that kind of stuff. Please close us out. All right. Yeah. Uh, you know, go to the summit smash GG page and put as much disposable income as you have into the box for Nicholas Yingling, please. Now, uh, and hopefully it works out. We are doing a, uh, like I mentioned, a goal at 70 K votes, wherein we will be adding cabin crews to the docket for smash camp. So you're not going to want to miss that one. Uh, my Twitter is at the cheat.com. I occasionally stream on Twitch at, uh, the underscore cheat. Uh, follow Nick Yingling at Z Nick Yingling on Twitter. He's hilarious. Uh, and listen to this podcast every day of your life forever. <laughs> Very kind of you to say the links to all of the, not me stuff all for, for Yangling, for the cheat, for the <laughs> smash summit vote page. You can find that in the description of this podcast. And yes, Mikey, one more time. Thank you for joining me on bottom of the smash mountain. Really appreciate it, Jesse. Thanks for having me on. Why is it so quiet? Oh, right. Transition. On Saturday, July 3rd, there will once again be another cutoff. The top two votes, leader in leaders in votes, excuse me, get invited to Summit 11. And right now, despite the fact that Yingling is in the lead, we have to make sure that at the exact second that the clock turns to the new hour and the cutoff happens, that Yingling is still there. So... Definitely want to see this happen. Now that I've talked to the cheat, I am all the way in. <laughs> I'm going to check out the website to see if I can make an excuse to buy some merch and make some votes happen. You know what I'm saying? So big thanks to the cheat for coming on. Thank you so much, Mikey. You were a pleasure to talk with. Hopefully we'll get Yangling on at some point as well. That would be cool. But of course, Yangling will be a hot commodity in the same way that Mikey is and was and is and so on. So very fortunate here to be able to participate a little bit in the Summit 11 shenanigans. We'll see how the vote continues to happen. But here's another Summit 11 shenanigans. And this is actually a little bit worse than shenanigans. This is real. Leffen most likely is not going to be going to Summit 11 due to visa issues once again. And oh, really, really frustrating stuff. I don't know the exact circumstances because Leffen is obviously not saying the exact circumstances, but TLDR, according to his Twitter, there's basically a 0% chance of it happening at this point, which is why he has announced that and is currently down bad and probably will be as this event continues to happen without him. So hopefully there's a miracle that the little, little, little tiny light that is being extinguished as we speak does not, in fact, die, but reignites to a large flame and Leffen all of a sudden is magically embraced by the loving 
arms of melee <laughs> North America. What am I saying? Okay, so you get it. Hopefully, Leffen can go over to the United States and play some daggum melee, okay? All right. Let's talk about my first ever tournament. That's right. For those of you who have been following along with the podcast are saying, come on, Jesse, spill the beans. How was your first ever tournament? I'll tell you how my first ever tournament was. It was pretty good. Now, if you were a normal person in my life, that would probably be all you get because I'm not normally an emotionally available person. But for the sake of the podcast and for the sake of documentation, I'm going to try to open up my feelings a little bit more. And I talked a little bit about this with Johnny Gamble on our episode as well. So if you haven't listened to that, you should go check it out. All right. So the reason why I've never gone to a tournament before is probably more like multiple reasons. But I've known about competitive melee since 2006. And I was 11 at the time or turning 11 because I am 25 years old, 25 years old and I'm going on 26. I was born in 95. Okay. So in 2006, I was about 11 years old and I was on YouTube and somehow I got the links in the related videos to Ken versus PC Chris MLG New York. And I saw that set that the matches from that grand finals in MLG New York, 2006. And I'm saying to myself, Oh my gosh. Like I was enthralled. I was amazed. I was saying to myself, this is the best day of my life because I saw Melee in a different way than I'd ever seen it before. I liked Melee. I was a big Smash fan because we had Smash 64 growing up. My older brothers had Smash 64, so I would play that a lot. And I really liked getting better and better at the game to the point where I could beat my older brothers. That was definitely a feeling of pride and accomplishment that I have felt few other times in my life. I'm being dead serious right now. I can never beat my brothers in anything because they're almost 10 years older than me. So to finally get the edge on them in something, uh, I wanted to beat them so bad in Smash 64 because I really enjoy the game. And I like the other Nintendo 64 games like Mario Kart and GoldenEye, but I just like Smash for whatever reason more than the other stuff. Sometimes when I try to think about why do I prefer Smash games over other games, and I think one part of it is that you can see what's happening at all times. It's not like in a first-person shooter where it's you're kind of hiding sometimes, or in Mario Kart, you can't see entirely what's happening around you. And I don't know. I guess with Smash 64 and with all the other Smash games, the camera stays steady on the action for the most part. Now, of course, growing up and starting to understand things a little bit more, sometimes you get hit off screen and melee and the camera struggles to catch up for a brief second. But other than that, you, you understand what I'm trying to say. I don't know why, but I just liked Smash. I, it is deep within my veins. I think there was a gene that I was born with that was meant to be unlocked when ever I first started consuming Smash by playing it as like a four-year-old or whatever. So I wanted to beat my older brother so bad and I finally did and I was ecstatically happy and then they refused like 
two games in a row after I beat them. Like the first time I beat them, it was like, oh yeah, sure. That's just an accident. Like you're getting better. Sure. But that was just a fluke. You know, we had items on or something dumb like that. And I was like, turn them off. So I beat him again. And then they didn't want to play me after that. Uh, <laughs> that was such a deflating feeling. <laughs> But the point is, is that I like to go onto YouTube and look up Melee stuff, look up Smash stuff, and there'd be machinimas like Smash Tasm, and there would be some combo videos like You Must Recover with an exclamation point or Kirby Side. I remember those two pretty clearly. You Must Recover is still there despite the miracle. Like It's a miracle that it's still there despite the fact that it has copyright music. I'm sure it got muted at one point and then it's just like a legacy video that they put the audio back in or something like that. You know what I mean? So I would see videos like that because I'd be looking it up. I'd be like melee combos, like melee stuff. And so obviously that was going to take me pretty quickly to competitive melee sets. And so I said to myself... So there are people out there who want to be the best in this game and they go to tournaments. That's cool. That's really cool. And instead of doing that, like any normal person, like a Matt.zeb, like a juggle guy, like a the cheat, like Mikey, I did not do that. So I was a little bit of a shy person. I'm still a bit of a shy person kind of introverted you might not be able to guess that because i do a podcast and i talk to internet strangers most of the time for the first time like mikey and i have not held a conversation over discord call before until tonight so that means that i have to do the people socializing skills stuff so i have grown somewhat as an as an individual over the years but as an 11 year old I put a lot of limiters on myself and I just felt like in a family where we're in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, far away from other things as a non-driving, the fourth of six total children person that my individual desires like that were not necessarily going to be met. My parents understood that we liked video games because they played arcade games when those were really popular when they were younger, but my dad hadn't like touched video games in a long, long time. And same for my mom. So they were well beyond the point of saying, Oh yeah, that's cool. I understand that. It was just more of like, ugh, this is still a thing. It's going to fry your brain. <laughs> so not getting a whole lot of support at home, except for just like, Oh, cool. Good for you, Jesse. You beat your older brothers, so good for you. You beat Trevor and Jeremy. That's awesome. So you're going to like do school now, right? And I'm just like, I want to play more. And they're like, oh, no. So that was part of it, but I, I, may, I mainly blame myself. I just put limiters on myself. Like I was like, I can't drive. And then when I started driving, again, I thought about it, and then I was like, oh, well, I, I don't know where to go. And then I found out you know, I could just go to places like Smashboards or Facebook or whatever and i was like oh i don't know i mean i don't I mean, everybody's just like so good now and i i've i've never really played seriously because it was just good enough most of the time to be better than people that i would encounter in my regular life who say oh i play smash and i go oh yeah me too and i would beat them and that would be enough but there just were little things over the years. Seeing the documentary was a big deal for me. And 
reading about news of like big things that would happen in Smash in general, consuming the casual content like Awesome Sauce, like GR Smash, like even matchup gaming with the top 10s or top 20s, top 50s sometimes. Even matchup gaming goes hard for the top 10 top whatever countdown videos on YouTube. So you should go check that out. But I had to go through a lot of things in my life that I prioritized first. And it leads us to the year of 2018, the end of 2018, where for whatever reason, I saw that Smash Summit was happening and it was happening live on Twitch. And that was the first top eight I watched. And that was when Hungrybox won, I think, in winner's finals versus Leffen. And then again in grand finals versus Leffen. That was the tournament. <laughs> that was the tournament where <laughs> Hungrybox did the fucking fuck <laughs> over Zane, which is obviously hilarious to me without actually having been there or been Zane, poor Zane, but that was the tournament. That was the summit. And I watched that live and I'm going, wow, this is so cool. And I barely know who Armada is. Armada is not at this summit, of course, because this is the end of 2018 and he retired in the summer of 2018. But I'm like, this hunger box person's fun to watch. Levin's fun to watch. Who's this Zane guy? He's kind of like Ken because they both play Red Marth, and I remember that from the documentary. Duh, cool. And so that's where I started from in the end of 2018. I got my very inactive Twitter back up and running and started following Smash accounts, started following the top players, and then I would find people like Hugs, then I would find people like Toph, then I would find people like Lovage, then I would find people like Firepuff12. Although, in all fairness, Firepuff12 was more recently after I started podcasting, but started to rabbit hole more and more while thinking to myself the entire time, like, what's the point of all this? Why am I doing this? And I'm just saying, this is my hobby. I like enjoying competitive Smash now. Like, I really like enjoying competitive Smash. At first, it was just be it would just be the occasional, oh, I guess I'll watch this competitive set that was told about, like, the salty sweet between Leffen and Chillin' Dude, for instance but then started trying to watch more stuff live. Like I watched Pound 2019 live when that happened, <laughs> the crab incident. <laughs> and then I would watch documentaries made about stuff like that, the Amp Lemon and so on. Then I would find other things like Melee stats videos and whatnot. And I would just go, oh, this is all really cool. I wish I could do stuff like this. I wish I could play the game more. I wish I could go to tournaments, but I'm married now. And then eventually I have children now. And then eventually this, that, and the third. But in 2020, the end of 2020, five days of Melee happened. And I was pretty much all over Twitter doing hashtag save smash and hashtag corporate Nintendo sucks, all that kind of stuff. So free melee, all the hashtags. And so I'm like so deep in the Twitter verse of melee and following along with stuff. I'm starting to sort of recognize other players besides Mango, Levin and Zane and, and watching the LACS stuff and being like, wow, this Ludwig person is really big for melee, huh? This is really cool. And apparently he started in melee. That's pretty cool too. <laughs> And I found the Wannabes podcast. So 
that's the reason why I love shouting out the Wannabes podcast because I started listening to their podcast around the time of Five Days of Melee because somehow I saw that that was a thing during Five Days of Melee on Twitter or somewhere. And JD and Wasabi are just like so cool. And they do the thing that I felt like I hadn't seen before or heard about before where they're like, yeah, we're really busy too, but we still make time for melee. And I'm just going, Hey, that's me. It me. So I joined the discord and a couple of weeks go by it's January now. And just talking about different things, getting to know JD and Wasabi through like a discord level. So not like we're on voice calls all the time and like getting into super personal stuff or anything. It's just, they're very welcoming. They cultivate a great discord. You should go join the wannabes discord, by the way. And then eventually JD asks me, so you said you like to write. Do you still write? And I go, no, not really work emails though. And he's like, yeah, like, yeah. And I had this thing that popped up in my brain that was, you need to start doing stuff. (laughs) You need to not sit on the sidelines anymore. You need to actually engage with the content. You need to do the melee. I don't know why JD's question triggered that because he's not asking, are you going to start entering melee tournaments when they come back after the pandemic starts to be less of a thing? It was do you still write? That was all he was asking because we were all kind of like talking about different creative outlets that we like to have. So out of that, I said, you know what? I've been consuming content for so long that I think I want to produce my own content in some way. So after saying that on the Discord and JD being like, oh, that's cool, I thought, about the resources that I had at the time. An iPhone, Apple headphones, and no internet, just data on my phone. And I thought, well, videos aren't possible. I already know I can't play on Slippy, even though I've wanted to, because that would be cool. I could have entered Boku Boku amounts of tournaments if I just had internet, but I never did in our apartment because the internet service is really, really bad in Lidditz, Pennsylvania. Just in case you're aware it's getting better but it's still not perfect and i said i can do a podcast probably and so i looked up how to do a podcast and i saw that there was an app for it and that you can record in the app and you can do this that and the third and anchor by the way that's still what i use to push out my podcast and i said okay i can do that so i'll just i'll just talk about melee i'll have a podcast that talks about melee so i got a picture that I had taken a long time ago of a mountain range in Colorado. I think they're called the flat irons, flat iron Hills, something like that. And I put an image of a reflector over top of it using a meme generator page, (laughs) not Photoshop, not Adobe spark or anything legit. I just literally took two pictures and slapped them on top of each other in the meme generator on <laughs> on the computer not the computer on my phone excuse me wow so i had a logo i had the resources to do the podcast so i just started podcasting and i was experimenting and figuring out okay so what do i do i i did the first episode with my brother blake and that was fun 
he was not with me in person. We did the Anchor app function that allows you to call someone and it records both sides of the audio and mishmashes it together for you. And then after doing a few interviews, I realized, wait a minute, when I am talking, I'm really slow to respond or the other person is really slow to respond. The interview is not completely 100% synced up and it sucked. And I was like, I don't know what to do about that. So I just started problem solving and problem solving and then eventually incorporating my work laptop, which... (laughs) It's great to have a work laptop, let me tell you, because I didn't have a computer otherwise. No computer inside the apartment except for like a 10-year-old laptop that barely functioned that my wife used to use for school when she was in school. And it was old when she started using it for college. Let's just put it that way, okay? We are operating on a very not great plane because... And as far as electronics go in the wall residence in our apartment, we have a TV and we have a switch and we have a GameCube and we have a CRT and we have phones. So we just watch stuff on our phones for the most part, buy a Blu-ray here or there and watch that on the TV and then maybe play video games sometimes. But otherwise we are raising two children. So You don't have an infinite amount of time for the technological world. And also for me, I work full-time. Full-time. So all that to say, now I have figured out how to do a podcast, and now I have started to ask people on who are actually Melee community members, and I'm starting to have on people who say, oh, I like what you're doing, and thank you for having me on for the interview. This was fun, and they mention me on Twitter or whatever, whatever. And the whole time I'm thinking to myself, I want to try to get internet into this apartment at long last because I got a raise so I can afford it. And so I called this one company that offered new services in our area and they said, brand new, you can actually have real speeds like 800 megabytes per second download speed. And I realized this is actually feasible. If I can get that kind of internet speed in this apartment, first of all, that would be awesome, just finally having internet. But secondly, Slippy might start to become a reality. I can, I, I, If I can figure out how to make it work on a work laptop, which <coughs> I don't know if I would recommend that. <laughs> we have not had to cross that bridge as of now anyway. So what I'm trying to say is, the internet people came out to set us up and they said, oh, we'll have to drill holes and we'll have to do extra wiring. That's okay, right? And we were like, well, we should probably call the landlord first. So we did and they said, no, you cannot do that. And I was like, well, we can't have high-speed internet in here unless they do that. So why can't we do that? And the landlord said, the owner said, no, you just can't You just can't do it. The answer is no. Like, we're... This conversation's over. Okay, bye, click. I was so mad <laughs> because I was like, I'm, what is wrong with you people? Is I just could have so many things that I could say, but I will try to hold my peace because I've had to come to terms with it already. So let's not open too many old wounds, but that sucked. So that was like February, March-ish. And from that time, I was like, that that tears it. We're going to 
continue to take advantage of the fact that I got a raise and we're able to save money. And we've been saving money anyway because eventually we knew we were going to move. But I wasn't motivated enough to try to do all of that, but now I'm going to. And so the good news is, is that I can share with you all that we put down an offer down on a house of our own and it was accepted and it's a duplex. So that's not super awesome, but that's okay because we take those. It's very tricky to find property in this market as of now, but so far so good on the property that we put down an offer for that will hopefully happen here at the end of July, beginning of August sometime. And I'll keep you up to date on that. But that means internet. So I'm very excited. That means more space. Very excited. That means our own backyard. That's all fine and well. Storage shed. I'll have to start mowing the lawn. Ugh. But hey, first time homeowner to be. Like, I'm excited about that. That leads us to the first tournament ever. So in the midst of me interviewing people, one of the people that I interviewed was Jesse, a.k.a. Jay Bobison, who runs tournaments in the local area. We got connected on Twitter. I guess I've made enough noise at some point that somehow he found me and was like, oh, cool, you're doing a podcast about Melee and you're from Lancaster. And hey, I'm from I'm in the Lancaster area, too. I run tournaments. And I was like, cool, well, come on the podcast then. So we had a great interview conversation thingy. And so then I say, hey, when inter when not when interviews come back when tournaments come back i'm interested in attending and he said for sure for sure so then the vaccine starts to roll out and we're all getting vaccinated and jesse says to me yep we have an invitational because we do not have a real venue yet it's just going to be my house but it's going to be a smash fest and there's going to be a, a small enough amount of people that it's going to be all gucci that kind of thing and Everybody's going to be vaxxed up, so safely running tournaments. Hooray! And you're invited. So I was like, okay, wow, cool. And I was, I was like, great. So then I am now preparing for my first ever tournament. And I go, when's the last time I played Melee? It's been several months. Okay, so I should probably do that. But guess how much Melee I had time to actually play before the day of the tournament? Zero. <laughs> I am a little bit of a busy person. So I played Melee for the first time the morning before the tournament just to try to be like, okay, how do these controls feel? Wow, they feel different than Ultimate because I'll play Ultimate a little bit more with my kids. They get excited about the new shiny stuff. They have played Melee for the record, but yeah, they're... We're still working on them liking Melee better than Ultimate. It might be a little bit hard for a little while to figure that out, but we will figure it out. So I felt bad about that, but I was like, this I really shouldn't be putting that much pressure on myself. And yet somehow when I'm driving there, I was like falling apart more or less. I was just had so many thoughts about this journey getting up to this point. And I had to really come to terms with that in a hurry because... I was getting to the address where the tournament was being held and I actually also helped out with doing some content stuff while I was there. So just knowing that I had like a itinerary, I, I guess helped me out. And it's just so hard to have nerves as you walk into a new social situation where you don't really know anyone. Sure. I've talked to Jesse before 
for the podcast and in general over Discord, and I know some of the people's tags based off of the 717 Melee Discord, but it was still like incredibly nerve-wracking walking in. But as soon as I walk in and as soon as Jesse motions the room and is like, this is Jesse or Cypher, whichever, and and Cypher, this is everybody else. And I go, all right, well, nice to meet y'all. And they were like, cool. And I was like, cool. And then the nerves went away. I was like, oh, thank goodness. <laughs> so that's my version of snowballing. I'm a mess right before something happens. But then when it's time to be on, then I feel a lot better for some reason. Isn't that weird? It feels like that's weird to me because that was the same when I was in high school and I would be in like school plays. I would go on stage to perform. And as I walked to the door where you like wait to walk out on the stage I'd be just like so nervous and like I'm not going to remember my lines and oh my gosh but as soon as I walk out on stage and I start performing all of a sudden it's better I feel that way in social situations as well I just feel better like I don't feel like I'm cool confident collected I'm super social now I didn't feel like that but I didn't feel like I was down bad anymore so everybody was really nice jesse obviously being very welcoming to me and then it was time for bracket so i had done a few interviews before bracket started and played a friendly with somebody that was good because they move so much faster than computers do (laughs) and then i played mushi for my first ever tournament mushi ended up placing second for the days i said plaking Mushi ended up placing second overall that day on Saturday of June 26, 2021. So I was the first person who he had to knock out of the way in order to progress on the bracket. So obviously I lost. I vaguely recall taking a stock on Stadium on my counterpick on game two in Stadium. But that was it. (coughs) (coughs) Excuse me. So... Yeah, Mushi is really good, especially compared to me. So I went down into Losers, and so then I was up against Burger and Fries. And I also got stomped to need so many times in that set. So Mushi, by the way, plays Falco. So we did Falco Dittos. I play Falco as well, at least for tournament, because I was like, that's more or less my character as of now. So I lost in the Falco ditto to Mushi. And then for Burger and Fries, I'm saying to myself, I'm doing a lot of smash attacks right now, but that's all I really feel like I can do. So that did not work very well against Burger and Fries, who knows what to do with Captain Falcon. So I got stomped, kneed a bunch, and then it was it. That was over. In about 10 minutes, I went 0-2. And the good news in all this is that I did not immediately leave. You know what I mean? Like I could have been in and out of there in like 15 minutes, but thankfully I just was like, I got to stay and I got to talk to people. I got to do interview stuff that helped me to just walk up to people and be like, Hey, you want to do an interview? And I don't really know their name and they don't know my name, but I would just do that. Right. It would have been so much harder if I said, hey, my name is Jesse, or my tag's Cypher, it's nice to meet you, what's your name, what's your tag? Instead, I just had this excuse built in, I guess, of being like, hey, you want to do an interview? And then the first thing that I do is I start off with their name and or tag, and be like, 
hey, yeah, what's your name? What's your tag? And who do you mean? Like, you know what I mean? And then I have videos of these people. Because, <laughs> you know, it's an interview. And I know their names and their face. Because they're literally telling me to the camera. Ah. And I'm definitely going to watch those videos before I go to the next tournament. <laughs> what is wrong with me? Okay, so all in all, what I'm trying to say is that I had things to help me get through that worked for me. They don't necessarily work for everybody, but they worked for me. Got to play more friendlies. I ended up playing Professor Peen, who won the tournament. We only played one game because he was still in bracket, but and so he obviously had to stop playing friendlies and go back to playing in tournament, but we played one game, and I hit him only one time. He moved so fast compared to me. And was like wave shining with Falco. So like, you know, would pressure my shield by shine, wave dash, shine, wave dash, dancing around what he probably assumed was me trying to counter shine by shining out of shield. But I don't know how to friggin' do that. So <laughs> thanks for the compliment. But also, <laughs> no, obviously, Professor Peen picked up pretty quickly that I was super down bad as a player. So took care of me pretty easily after I only hit him once with a laser by my Falco at the very start of the match. That's right. I hit him in the first split second, split second as the go on the screen covered both of our characters. I was like, oh, yeah, 3% each. And he kept that 3% and his four stocks all the rest of the, rest of the way through. I, I could not touch him. I'm that bad of a player. Now you know. The secret's out. Jesse of Bottom of the Smash Mountain, a.k.a. Cypher, a.k.a. You Get It, is really bad at melee. But that's okay. So that's my starting point, and it makes me want to do more to try to not suck, but I think I just have to enter tournaments as much as I can, despite the fact that I work full-time, that I'm a father, and that I'm a husband. So we shall see, but I want to try to do that, and... Jay Bobison wants to try to find a venue to actually have local tournaments in the Lancaster County area. So hopefully that happens. And all in all, my tournament experience was, was really, really nice. It was really great. Like I said, everybody was friendly and going on to was not bad because that was the first time I've ever gone on to, and it will not be the last time. And that's okay. Like I felt like my mentality was good. I didn't like get super salty or anything. I was just like, ugh, finally, I'm doing this thing that I've like dreamed about doing for so long, hoped to do. <laughs> and if I ever want to be like a good player, like I've always wanted to be, then this is what I have to do to get there because you're just going to, for me anyway, I am just going to start off by being really bad. And I don't have any really real resources as of now. No Uncle Punch. And I don't have a memory card that has 20XX on it or whatever. I just have a CRT and vanilla Melee and GameCube controller that has not been modded at all. Which, by the way, I need to play around with the controllers that I do have. I have a few. And I need to find out which of one of them makes me feel like I can move the easiest. Because the one that I took with me to the tournament on saturday did not feel like it was a good one <laughs> so i have controller johns already i was like are the frame ones available <laughs> no those are not available uh so i went through some of the pains of the classic melee pains that some of you hopefully all of you know but that's the story 
All right, so I've been talking for over a half an hour, and I want to start to get ready for bed soon. And so does my wife, who I'm hogging the bedroom by by being in here. So I want to thank all of you for listening to me drone on a long time after the cheat has been gone, after Mikey left. So once again, check the description for all relevant links to get Yangling into summon and to support him and also to get great follow out of yangling and the cheat both and you can find me on twitter if you look down far enough in the description a link to my twitter at cypher 003 or you can just tweet at bottom of the smash mountains at bsm pod official twitter although we're not we're not checkmarked we're not verified yet but we'll get there at some point and other than that, I want to say that it's been a very odd journey for me, but I'm really happy to be where I am right now. So thank you to those who listen to the podcast and support me by just by listening and occasionally reaching out and saying, hey, I like what you're doing. I like this episode or whatever. That That's very meaningful to me. And for the people who come on for interviews, thank you. For Legs, who produces YouTube content for me, thank you. And for all intents and purposes of being able to have time to do this to my wife, Jen, thank you. And to my two children, I love you. I'm like accepting an award right now, <laughs> an award for going 0-2 in a tournament. Uh, hey, I finished top 20, though. That's because there was like 13 entrants, but I finished top... Tw oh, wait, no, 14. I finished top 14 in my local tournament. Wow. What was your set record? 0-2. Uh, right. Did you like go up because of any dqs or no no I, I got 14th place you know 14 out of 14 but I, hey that's still top 20 that's top 14 i need to let you go all right we'll catch you next time <laughs>